Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. My guest today has probably watched something that I've helped him get off with. Uh, today is another episode of the Summer Sessions. Quick note right before I start, there will be a Q&A after the Summer Sessions. I know that I said after, after the season is over. However, because I do have a couple episodes left, we will be doing a Q&A after after the fifth episode so watch out for that uh, it'll be on youtube and it'll be on a couple of other uh, social media streaming sites as many as i can handle today we're going to talk about something that i've been wanting to talk about for a minute because of the fact that i am involved in the porn industry and i have been for 15 years and while i've been involved most of the time for the most part for half of that time i was single and I find myself in this boat as well. We're going to talk about the rise of the porno sexual because it is the digital age. And it's no surprise that the accessibility of free online porn has made it very, very easy for people to get their fix. Uh, Pornhub, all their, like whenever they do year end reviews, uh, their sites get billions upon billions of hits. And so many people are watching porn. I, I think it started from the VHS era, but the digital age or the digital era just blew it away. So my guest today is, we can call him either a porno sexual or a solo sexual, but please help me welcome Timmy, who is going to talk to us a little bit about, talk to us a little bit about himself. Timmy, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm very happy that uh, you wrote me an email and an Instagram mm -hmm. message. <laughs> Yes, That's both. Good. I reached out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to get me at all fronts. If you can get me at all fronts, <laughs> I know that you're serious and I appreciate that. Okay. I, I emailed you back and I messaged you back, like I said, off, off air because I have been looking for porno sexuals and people who are considered solo sexuals. And just to give a quick definition, these are people or, or kind of an orientation of people who are single. And they have the pleasure of pleasuring themselves. They watch porn. They're kind of in a relationship with porn. So I've been wanting to talk to somebody that describes themselves or des the description that you sent me fit into solo sexual slash porno sexual. So this has been in the works for longer than you, you, you've emailed me or, tech or, or messaged me. So here we are. Timmy, talk to me a little bit about your, in a gist, your relationship with porn before we break it down. Okay. Well, I, you know, I'm 64 years old, so, um, I go way back, uh, before VHS tapes, honestly. Mm -hmm. So magazines were the first, my first introduction to any kind of porn. Um, and you had to jump through hoops just to get those. Then VHS tapes came out and I bought my first one and was kind of hooked from that point on. And then of course, once the internet came out and the smartphones and the streaming and all that shit that just took it to a whole new level, you know, cause it's so accessible now, as you know, I mean, everyone's a porn star, 
it's it's, it's out there. It's you're everywhere. absolutely right. Everybody is. Everybody. Well, everybody wants to be a porn star, and not everybody is a porn star. But uh, you know what? What constitutes yeah. a star at this point? I mean, if you have a lot of hits, if you have a lot. I, I get what you're saying to me. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, and I don't. I don't really do the band sites, like mm-hmm. the only bands and the desperate bands, because like, I don't know. I just they don't give me enough to what for the money, so I stick to the other stuff. So okay, but, all right. So yeah. so let's start with okay. So you're a 64 year old man, mm-hmm. gay for how long? When did you come out of the closet? I came out of the closet in 1982. Okay. Good timing because it was like, you know, right smack during the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I came out in '82, but I've always known I was gay from the get go. How did you know you were gay? What was that inkling? What was that that moment where? Because everybody has that moment, uh, or at mm-hmm. least I can remember. I, if if you don't have it consciously, it's it's definitely subconscious. But where 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 did that moment exist, and what did you see that made you think, huh? Well, when when I think back on it, it's like I always. Even before I had like an, uh, a sexual attraction, but before I had that, I had a fascination with boys. I was there were certain boys in my class or on TV that I was really interested in. I wanted to get to know them. I wanted to dress like them. I wanted to have their hairstyle. I even wanted to fucking smell like them. They had a great cologne on. So I was always had this fascination. And then when the sexual stuff started kicking in at whatever age 13 14 then it was mental at a different level so i've always known that i was attracted to guys did you have any older brothers i did i had two older brothers but they were much older than me. okay all right so they were uh, a little older than you by how by how much what was the age difference um one was nine years and one was 14 years okay all right so they so were they, i don't yeah. i don't I, okay. i'm sorry i no, don't no, go on. remember them living at home um really so they weren't there to kind of this this mold of of guys that you you were watching. They weren't really there to to make that mold. You you created no. Okay, you created no. it by by other guys, uh, friends, mm-hmm. friends and school people or, or or school friends as well. I, I had a lot of school friends, but you mean were they gay or, or did I? Well, have- well, no, were they, they were your first crushes. Uh, yeah, they were my crushes. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you, and I always had a, I always had an attraction to the fucking bullies, but you know I think that's kind of a common thing. I've heard this over and over. The guys that were the meanest were, were like the jocks and the alpha male, mm-hmm. and that's the attraction I have for those assholes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, I guess we'll we'll break it down from there because I think, okay. or we'll, we'll we'll build it up from there actually because now I'm, you know, little by little, we're going to get to the kind of porn that you watch or the kind of guys that you're into. But okay. I, I want to start with the magazines because I didn't even, I didn't even factor in magazines. Are we talking beefcake magazines? What kind of magazines are we talking about? Uh, the one that was really, uh, uh, the big name magazine that was really popular was called Blue Boy. And it was a gay oriented magazine and it had guys not they, they weren't like sucking dick or anything like that or uh, you know having anal penetration but it was very very close i mean it was very suggestive that that was one of the ones i used to get so like soft porn well i yeah yeah or was it I, more I was it more um centerfold than you were kind of staring at really nice looking guys no i didn't have the centerfold it was just i 
I don't know how to describe it. It was just like uh, almost like they were filming a, a gay porn movie, but they took pictures of it. But they I don't remember any of them ever like having a cock in their mouth or anything like that. It was real close. Okay. Like he was just getting ready to go in there, but it wasn't full on. <laughs> it was it was soft. It was soft. Yeah. It was just, it was, yeah. So it was just close enough to get you interested. Okay. All right. Blue Boy Magazine. Mm -hmm. How did you get your hands on your first Blue Boy Magazine and when? (laughs) Yeah, I was working in a mall in in California. I lived in California for many years. Right out of high school, I moved there. I was working in a mall and they had uh, just a bookstore there, just a regular bookstore magazine stand. And I was in there and I saw a way high on a top shelf with like a cover over it where they had adult content. And I happened to see, I just, I took a look and most of it, of course, was like penthouse, playboy, Mm -hmm. all that shit. But there was a blue boy on there and I looked at it and I was like, got really excited and then looked around to make sure no one was looking at me, put it back and went back to the store where I was working at. And then it took me uh, some courage to, to, I had to work up my courage to go back uh, a few weeks later and buy one. Yeah. How, what did that feel like? I was nervous as fuck. Yeah. And and the guy that was in the store, the manager, he was really hot. And he was, and we knew each other because we both worked in the mall. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he's gonna ring me up with this Blue Boy magazine. Oh my god. <laughs> did he? Was he gay too, or did you? Yeah. 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 Okay. So you I think so. I mean, I didn't ask him because it was just a different time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Now, when you did find that Blue Boy magazine, were you out by that point? What year are we talking? Where does this put us? No, this is before I was out. Okay. I'm assuming that wasn't your first and only tryst with Blue Boy magazine. That was, yeah, that was my very first time that I got it. But not your last time? No, I got a couple more. Okay. All right. So so you your introduction to porn, let's say, or or nudes was soft porn via Blue Boy magazine, mm-hmm. and then... Is that, are you already going through puberty at this point? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I was probably 19, 19 or 20. Okay. Did you, did you lock the door extra, extra uh, tight or did you, did you put on a, a oh, double? Hell yeah. I, I, I had that motherfucker, like you wouldn't believe it, like Fort Knox in my bedroom. Just to get, yeah. Yeah. I had it. What was, what were your parents like? Or what are your parents but, like? Uh, my parents were, were really great and supportive people. Yeah. So growing up, did they have any inkling that their um, son was gay? I don't know. I, I would think so. Um, when I was 17, when I was 17, I, I uh, cut my wrist, tried to commit suicide oh. because I wanted to be able to tell them. Mm-hmm. Or, I didn't want to die or anything like that, but I needed to. It was my only way that I could figure out how to tell them that I was gay. Okay. And... And I did. And um, they were like, well, we will. It's probably you're probably just going through a phase um, and we will get you into a psychiatrist and we'll talk about it and this and that. And I did that. And the treatment was pretty awful. We're talking a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was going to go into um, what they call. what, What did they call it? It's not. I think it was called conversion therapy, where you would be shown images of gay porn and they would like uh, send electric shocks through you or shit like that. It was awful stuff. They did that to um, you? 
No, but I saw where it was going. Okay. I, it was heading in that direction. So I said, you know what? It was a phase. I'm better. I'm cured. And that was the end of it. How long after 17 did you revisit that with your, with your parents? That was after I lived, uh, moved to California. I moved there when I was 18. And I was 22 when I came out. And that's when, I'm, I'm, yeah, and, and it made it much easier because I was 3,000 miles away, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was so a phone that, call. It was a phone call? It was just a phone call. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that way they can't throw you into therapy or, or conversion that, therapy, you know? Yeah. But yeah. What part of California are we talking? Are we talking the Castro? Los or Okay, Los Angeles. Los How, Angeles. Uh, um, what was it like your first taste of freedom outside of, um, outside of your, well, 18 moving out to Los Angeles? In what, oh my God. what year is it was, this? Uh, 1977. Okay. What was that mm-hmm. like? It was, it, it was a bit of a culture shock, but it was great. I mean, I always knew I was never going to stay in Ohio. I, I love my family, and I love, there's nothing wrong with Ohio, but it was very rural. There was nothing here for me. It was just farms or factories, and I was very creative, and I wanted to be in an, an entertainment business. And I just always, from the time I can remember, I, was, I, I knew I was going to move to Los Angeles. <laughs> there was just no question in my mind. So, yeah, I went out there. And, and uh, and it was great. I, I loved it. What was the sexual atmosphere like? Well, it, nothing for me at first because it took me. It, I was I moved there when I was eighteen and didn't come out until I was twenty-two. Okay, so you didn't so, have any any trysts, any kind of uh, DL moments at the back no. of a. Uh, oh, really? Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow, you hid those urges. You 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 controlled them, huh? No. When I came out at 22, I was a whore. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Anything that was standing, you know, if it wasn't glued down, Anything, I was doing yeah, it. I love it. <laughs> Kick a <laughs> hole in a wall and fuck it. <laughs> I tell you what, shit. Yeah. And I was, I didn't seem to have any problem. I was, I was really popular. I was young and pretty. And so, yeah, it was good. Wow. Okay. Uh, what was, okay. So 22 is your, the start of your sexual experiences with other guys. Um, yeah. That's we're talking. What year? Where does this put us now? About 1982, something like that. All right, 1982. Then, of course, um, you know, slowly starting to get into the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What What happened to your sex life around that time? It was awful. Um, We could do a whole podcast on all that shit, Mm -hmm. but um, it was it was bad because I when I came out. The AIDS epidemic wasn't in full swing. There was whisperings about it, but nobody had really, it hadn't hit. And so I came out, made all these wonderful friends, hot guys, beautiful guys, slept with some of them, didn't with others, and then they just all started dying. And, um, and I'd slept with a couple that died, and there were no tests. And so I was like, I guess I'm next. And then I had to like bury my friends, you know, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And you lived with. Well, I lived with a roommate. I I lived with the roommate that I, uh, that I knew well. Well, I mean, you lived with that fear because you had slept with some guys that died. Yes. Okay. Yes. It was, it it was, it was, um, it wasn't a good time. It was, it was pretty terrifying. And uh, to see the guys that you just met and they were really friends with, they were vibrant and beautiful men just wither away and they would get the lesions all over their bodies and go down to 80 pounds and die. Hmm. 
Dude, and then I thought that was in store for me. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess it's that's for me next. But I dodged the bullet. I don't yeah. know. And then I felt guilty because so, I made it. Made it yeah, survivor's yeah. guilt. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a good time. Not to jump around too much. I, 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 I do. I'm glad that we did touch on that. But I also mm-hmm. think that that contributes that contributes a lot to what happens in the next generation of gay porn. Can I ask you, when was the first time you watched a gay porn video? Oh, that was probably, I don't know, maybe another uh, year after I came out or so. Somewhere. As soon as VHS came out, I got one. And then that's when I watched the uh, porn, porn uh, video so so vhs was your introduction to porn video not because because in the 70s there was a string of porn videos or gay porn especially that were very popular very successful in movie theaters and they weren't being yes, yes, busted. they, they yeah. weren't being broke um busted mm-hmm. down by the cops or anything but but vhs was your first time it was and yeah. and you were home alone uh yes Okay. And, and do you remember the first porn you ever watched? Oh, God, yes. I, <laughs> yeah, I wore that damn thing out. It was called The Grease Monkeys with Kip Knoll, and I can't remember who else it was in it. You know, today it would seem ridiculous, but it was really good. And yeah, that's the first one I got. The Grease Monkeys. The Grease Monkeys. Oh, they were all mechanics and, you know, <laughs> and everything you can imagine happened at that gas station. It was pretty, it was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, like I, like I told you before off air too, is I'm the research that I've been doing for, for season four, because I am going to touch a lot on gay porn history. Mm-hmm. The, the research is so good. There's not, there's not a lot out there. There's not a lot of scholar, scholarly interest. Let's just say there's, okay. uh, believe it or not, we owe a lot of what we have from the 1800s and 1900s, like the early 1900s mm-hmm. to, to what is now called pick collectors, <laughs> because that's practically what they were. They were collectors who had private collections of, of pictures and stuff, and they would trade them between themselves. But when they would die, a lot of times the families that didn't know probably anything about the secret life that these guys had would, would get rid of them, but some of them actually kept them and they're in museums and um, it's, it's fascinating. It's all too fascinating. Wow, that is interesting. I, I've heard about the, when they started the, the magazines, the mail order magazines way back in like, I think the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. but I didn't mm-hmm. know it went back that far. Yeah. Well, AMG uh, with beefcake magazine, uh, that mm-hmm. was, that was really big. Bob Miser. But yes, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but before that, yeah, th- there was before before there was actual porn. There were obviously, you know, those avant-garde filmmakers like, uh, oh man, Hollywood Babylon. What's his name? Oh, 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 shit! I, Angler, An- Ken- Angler. Yeah, well, before, yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth Anger, Andy Warhol. Yes, all these guys mm-hmm. were making these avant-garde experimental films uh, that did touch on homosexuality. They didn't really go kind of like the the first couple of of Blue Boy magazines that you got. They didn't really show any penetration, but there was a lot of insinuation. Right. So right. so okay. So let's get back to Grease Monkeys. And the reason why I brought up a little bit of history is because Grease Monkeys and the way you described it, it was a time of putting gay people especially in, in gay porn at this point, 
Grease Monkeys is a perfect example of putting gay men in an, a very masculine setting. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's exactly who you might want to be gay, are these guys that are exactly. working on your cars, working on mm-hmm. these phallic symbols, the, these extensions of, of what it is to be like a really macho man. Oh, yeah. So, and they had, a, they had it wasn't just um, uh, mechanics, but there was the policemen and there were the Marines. And, there, you know, it, yeah. yeah, it was hyper masculine. But, but Grease Monkeys was your first. And then from there, yeah. and I think it's ironic because we are talking about you being a pornosexual or a solosexual. Your, mm-hmm. first, your first porn was in the privacy of your own home. And you, you, I'm assuming you went to town. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was real good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I got you know, I was alone, so I could just worry about myself. And that's what that's one of the things. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more. But that's the best part is I don't have to. I can put my my head in my own space, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you know another thing or another reason why I I feel like uh, a lot of men your age will will tend to be either sides or very comfortable with being alone sexually. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of what we mentioned before, what we spoke about AIDS. Yes, I think you're absolutely right because we went from just having hypersex everywhere all the time. It was the go-to to, oh my God, I'm going to die if I have sex. Mm-hmm. Don't do it anymore. The bathhouses went, the poppers went, the bars closed. I mean, so it was just a one It affected people. And you, yeah. So yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and even even the porn that was coming out at that time was very reflective of because because porn, gay porn, no matter how you stretch it, because it's subversive, because it was so uh, restricted, um, and it has a history of being restricted. Whether they know it or not, the people that are making porn, and this is why I've done a complete one eighty when it comes to porn. And, and why I feel like there's a responsibility. There is a mirror that we are holding up because if you watch Grease Monkeys today, you will remember the experience, right? You will understand, oh, wow, this is how guys are. This, it's almost like a time capsule of how men hooked up in those yeah. days. You're right. In the early yeah. 80s. And then so when we have the AIDS epidemic, porn becomes... Uh, solo porn there's there's now guys that are that are sitting in front of a camera and they're touching themselves and jerking off there's more uh suck videos and then of course condoms yeah yeah then then you went into the whole condoms thing right so when you were watching porn in the 80s which one which one did you prefer did you prefer watching guys like solo? Did you prefer, cause, cause condoms I know can destroy the fantasy. So, uh-huh. so I'm curious, did you like watching another guy touch himself while you touched himself, while you touched yourself or, or did you, did you go with the, the porn that, that involved condoms? I went with the porn that involved condoms, even though I would much rather it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the spontaneity when people, when they don't have, the performers don't have to wear condoms, you know, like you're doing a group scene and I like, you know, and one guy goes in and then another guy goes in, well, you don't really, when you have to take your condom off and the other guy has to suit up, you kind of lose that, you know what I mean? So 
<laughs> I preferred it, uh, but I but I wasn't crazy about just watching the solo. I think the way they were shot back then too was was very different. I mm -hmm. think there was a lot of trial and error when it when it came to that. Uh, especially if you watch them, I can't watch an '80s solo film uh, to save my life. I can watch one now on Pornhub or uh, X Hamster or something, or even an OnlyFans guy uh, jerking off. I think that uh, what they tried to do in the '80s was glamorize you know with the music in the background the slow-mo yeah. yeah. they over they over sexualize something that you kind of want to get done they did <laughs> and I can, def I can definitely watch a hot solo scene now it's, it's no problem but back then they, it just they, yeah and they had that horrible music yeah i can so hear the music in my head right now <laughs> yeah, yeah just to bring it back real quick uh condoms and gay porn in the 80s I'm sure you you you're well 80s and and early to mid 90s, right? Because it wasn't until we got into. Funny enough, I think Dick Wad and Treasure Island Media were the first two studios that were doing uh, condomless yes. porn, and uh -huh. and it didn't take all of the studios up until the late 80s to get to to using condoms, where they became almost politicized. Because I'm sure you remember watching movies where you would watch the guy put the condom on yes i like, do remember like that. They, they they made a point to show you hey we're doing this and we're doing it right yes and actually i even saw them say i can't remember if it was on an interview or whatever we want to show that to make sure guys know that it is just as sexy you know to to fuck with a condom on and off and make it part of the ritual and blah 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 okay whatever <laughs> You know. I think they did what they they I don't even I don't know I I, I seem to think and maybe it's just that I'm jaded and about it because there is a lot of money involved in in this industry oh, sure. um, I feel like they did what they had to do and some wanted obviously but I, I think mm -hmm. a lot of them absolutely were like oh well this is what we have to do but uh, but that's that's for another that's for another podcast. That's a whole other that's <laughs> exactly. a whole other ball game. Exactly. Right? So VHS, uh, how many VHS tapes do you still collect? Do you have them? Are you a collector? Do you have VHS? No, I no, I, I finally got rid of them, and and I still got kept the magazines uh, occasionally. I got one that was um, the actors are still around men, and they do movies to their studio, uh, so they would like actually shoot pictures mm -hmm. of the actual filming. So I had a whole stack of magazines and I had quite a few VHS tapes, but I got rid of them a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, wow, that would have been an amazing collection, but I can only imagine the amount of space that would take up. And it was taking up a shitload of space. And I really, I, you know, I, I was crying all the way to the dumpster when I threw them away. <laughs> did you keep your favorite ones though? Did you keep your favorite ones? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was moving from a big house to a smaller house. This has just been recently. This was only like six years ago mm -hmm. that I got rid. And this is like twenty years worth of porn. I mean, it would probably be worth money to a vintage porn person. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. That's that's that takes a lot of strength, especially today <laughs> with uh, with porn addicts. You know, people who collect yeah. a lot of porn. Um, mm -hmm. on drives and uh i was guilty of that for a little while uh, uh -huh. but slowly but surely you know you clean stuff out it's 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 great to like stuff but moderation just like anything else everything in moderation right? absolutely so let's talk about uh what about dvds what was your what what, what were the 90s porn what, what was the 90s porn era like for you 
Well, um, I didn't get that many DVDs, but I, uh, I, I got into a relationship uh-huh. um, in 1988, and we were together for 26 years. Okay. So I didn't really feel like I should be like bringing porn home constantly. He knew. I mean, you know, we, I, we'd stop at a bookstore somewhere and get some, and I would bring it home. So I did, but I didn't have a huge collection. So now I'm fascinated by this because you you were in a relationship yet you didn't watch or you didn't feel the need to watch porn. Oh no 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 that never went away. Okay. But I just had to be uh, very sneaky about it. Honestly, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Um, why, why did but, you think you were going to hurt his feelings? Because I felt like I should be we should be having sex instead of me getting off to porn. So even though I knowing him like I do and did. I don't think he would have really cared that much, but in my mind, it was almost like a betrayal to him. Almost like, almost like cheating on him in a Mm. weird way, Mm. you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. I think that's something that, um, if you relate it to today, I think it's been worked into relationships. For instance, I, myself and my boyfriend, we have, we were, we were single, both of us separately. We were single for a long time mm-hmm. um, between relationships. And I, I kind of, I, I, I identified or I classified myself as a pornosexual looking back because I did have a relationship with porn. I would come mm-hmm. home after, well, you know, the first couple of years working in the industry, I really didn't have an interest because my work was my sex life. But then right. after that, after kind of finding amateur porn and right. watching that and being like, wow, I'm fascinated by this. I would set aside some time, come home, jerk off for a little bit. Uh, he did the same thing. So mm-hmm. when we came into this relationship, we gave ourselves, okay, well, tonight's one of the, I'm going to need some time tonight. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And then I'll go mm-hmm. and I'll work or something. So two days out of the week, I think we have uh, days where, you know, watch, watch porn, go for it. Because I wouldn't want him to tell me I can't watch porn. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I don't know. It was a different era then. It's uh-huh. much more accepted now. Since the internet, I mean, it's, everything's changed. It's much more accepted. And like I said, we got together in 1988, way before the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, porn still had a stigma. And it made them a hang-up of mine. Like, I felt that I was just, uh, it was wrong for me to do that so much when we were in a relationship. But he knew I did. I mean, otherwise, why would I have the porn? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I still did, but not as much as when I've been single. During your relationship, that did, did that loosen up? What did the, the uh, me me? Yeah, like did, did you get, did you get more comfortable with uh, porn per se? Signing up for a membership here or there online in your own time. No. No, I no, I never did that. I, I would I used the tapes that I had, you know, from before in the magazines. And I continued to get magazines and a few of the DVDs that I had, and I would I would uh, watch porn and beat off like when he was gone, mm-hmm. or if he, we lived in a really big house, if he was downstairs and I was quote unquote napping, and he walked in on me a few times. Yeah. Didn't give a shit. <laughs> so I think it was more of my hangup. I do want to get into a little bit about I, we've we've. Talked a little bit about you moving out to California. Did you mm-hmm. did you end up becoming, or did you end up doing what you went to California for? No, not really. Um, I wanted to 
get into the entertainment business, uh, either be an actor or a musician or something like that. I did do some modeling, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't ambitious enough. To, I didn't have enough drive and I did theater and stuff like that. But I didn't have enough drive to really pursue that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually I got into a job that ended up being my whole career. But my initial uh, goal when I went out, no, I did not. When you met your partner of 26 years, when you were in a relationship, uh, mm-hmm. how did that come about? How did um, you meet? We met at a gay bar. Yeah, we met at a gay bar and I had just got out. Yeah, I, and just fell in love. It just it was kind of instantaneous. Very interesting because uh, you you were with him for 26 years. What was, um, do you mind if I ask what was, why did it end? Uh, it's a little complicated, but in, um, in a nutshell, drugs. Uh, we both became addicted to prescription drugs. Um, and I, it's a little bit of a long story. And just pissed it all away after, th- you know, within three years, it was over. Uh, so we had 23 years of being in like the best, loving, uh, compassionate, trusting relationship, best friends, all of that shit. And within three years of the, the drugs, uh, it was over. Do you mind if I ask what, what uh, was it? Were they painkillers? Were they uh, something? It was, that was a whole bunch. It was painkillers. Um, uh, we had a doctor. He had uh, issues. She put, put him on painkillers, put me on painkillers. But a bunch more. I mean, there was Oxycontin, there was Percocet, there was Valium, there was Xanax, there was Baclofen, there was Ambien, all at once, all in one, you know, yeah, so it was a shit ton. Wow. And he, and this doctor didn't see anything wrong with this, I guess. No, no. And I even even went to rehab to get off of the, uh, the Percocet and she knew it and put me back on them. Really? Okay. Well, I'll talk about, uh. neglect or negligence right yeah 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 Uh, did you so so you on your way to recovery did your your partner as well recover uh i recovered after we broke up and i sure hope he did too for his own sake okay not a good ending no not really he um (laughs) he left me for a, a 19 year old he was 40 and he, the 19 year old was my friend. Oh boy. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I am very sorry about that. That's thank you. But, it, it was but, tough. but also, yeah, no, it's, it's, I can only imagine. How are you now? How are you feeling now? I'm good. I'm good. I've been, I don't even take any prescription drugs now. So, um, if I needed them, I would, but I fortunately don't. So I, yeah, I don't have to take them. Did you, or do you, Remember having an addictive personality at any point? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, forever. As soon as I had my first drink, I fell in love with it. And that's because I was, I don't want to, you know, ramble too much, but that's because I was gay in a small town. I was afraid to open my mouth because I thought I sounded gay. So I was very quiet, very hard for my friends to believe that now. But I, I wouldn't talk. And as soon as I got that alcohol in me, it loosened me up. And I was finally able to at least talk to people when I was drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even particularly drunk, but just buzzed. And I think it started then. And, and I've had a love affair and an addictive personality ever since. But you steered or you, st- you didn't 
you didn't really find prescription drugs until so much later on. It was yeah, the, the, the prescription drugs came later. Came later. Okay, and he, yeah, but I was still, I was still, you know, I I think the alcohol set a pattern. Okay, for me, you know, any recreational drugs in between the alcohol and the prescription drugs? Oh hell, in the eighties mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, cocaine <laughs> was everywhere. <laughs> you couldn't go anywhere without putting white powder up your nose. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. No, I I figured I'd ask because it didn't come up, so I was like, huh, okay, because because yeah, I, I, that that would be a big jump. If, if there wasn't anything in there, but okay. oh yeah. So, so you've struggled with addiction. You've, you lost or, or you, you have a, re- a relationship that, that broke because mm-hmm. of the addiction. Mm-hmm. And then here we are, you are out of a relationship and do you embrace being somebody who watches porn? And alone yes. with yourself. Okay. Tell me, tell me yes. what, what the best part is about that. I think, and, and, and let me just make myself very clear. I have nothing against real sex. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a bunch of it. I've been doing this for 40 years and I still will, you know, it's not like it's out of the, the picture. Um, but what I like about just watching porn and getting myself off is that, and I think, orgasm a lot of orgasms and and shit like that are mental you have to be in a good mental place to really have a good orgasm and um when i'm alone and watching porn i can just i don't have to worry about anybody else i don't have to worry about pleasing somebody if they're pleasing me and all that shit and i can put my my head in a in this great place and just go and i think that's why it works so well when did you when did you start? Was it right after right after your relationship? Is that when you were like, okay, I'm 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 gonna do me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do me. Yeah, yeah. It really kind of was because then I didn't have to sneak around to do it, you know. I was like, I can do it whenever, wherever. I got a fifty-five inch screen on my in my bedroom. I can stream it right onto that motherfucker. Oof. I can look on my phone, I can pull up anything I want. I can just type in a search for whatever I feel like watching today. If I want to watch, you know, like, I don't know, pick a subject, anything. Oh, you know, we, will. Kind, we will. We will. We're, we're getting <laughs> any into kind that. Of change, any kind of whatever. And I can just, it's all there. You know, there, there's so much variety. So yeah, I can just watch whatever I want. Let's, let's get into that a little bit because I want to know now that, because you are, you're sitting there, you're home, you're in the comfort of, of your room no one's there mm-hmm. to bother you. You can look at whatever you want. What's the first thing right. that you're looking at? Well, I I tend to to watch a lot of Fraternity X. Are you familiar with them? I'm, fr- I'm familiar with Fraternity X. Yes. <laughs> okay, the fucking college dudes. I know it's so staged and it's so ridiculous, but I like it. And sketchy sex. Those like young, you know, I'm gonna fuck you up. Goes back to the bully thing. Yeah, it does. That we we, um, we just came full circle. You saw that? <laughs> I, I do, I do. Hey, I'm not a dummy. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, that and I and I just um, those are the ones that I tend to go to the most. Um, and then straight guys, you know, anything that's where you're there's a straight guy getting sucked off, or you you're doing a straight guy, and straight guys got you. So we're talking. Um, 
Oof, there's so many sites, but I'm th- I'm thinking of the ones that I've I've actually interviewed. Military Classified, BK Hunter. Yep. Uh, oh, BK, I love that. That yeah, that, that's isn't awesome. he great? That does a great job. <laughs> yeah, he's such, Boy, such a, he give a blow job. Oh, such a nice guy too. Such a nice guy. Big big old cocksucker, but such a nice guy. <laughs> he, yeah, he does a good job. So so does so does Military Classified though. I have to. I yeah, can't. watch him too. I have definitely seen a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. So. I, I was I was curious as to what you what you go for. So when New York City Straight Man is another one that's kind of on that same vein. I don't know if you're familiar with that. New York yeah. City Straight Man. No, I do, I'm mm-hmm. not, but I will look them up. Um, yeah. Now, Fraternity X and Sketchy Sex. Are mm-hmm. you are you the bottom getting fucked by all of those guys, or are you in that group fucking the bottom? No, oddly enough, because I don't bottom. I am the bottom in my fantasy. Huh. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. I mean, it's not like I, I don't know. I, I, I did, but I have bottomed many, many times, uh, but I haven't in a long time. So maybe that's why I just relive it through the porn. Okay. Yeah. Did you, what mm-hmm. was your, what was your experience like being a bottom when you did? Um, I, it was good. I mean, it was good. But when I first came out, I was, it was the first thing I wanted to do, you know? Um, and, I, I did, and then I, I did it on and off, uh, uh, you know, for years. Um, but I always kind of preferred the top. It was just a little easier. Um, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious because now when you tell me which one you are, mm. all I think about is control mm. or loss of for instance. Mm-hmm. And, and we go back to those bullies that you liked all those guys. We go back to uh, grease monkeys, one of the first uh-huh. porns that you watched. Yeah. So, so there is a bit of a pattern when it comes to the porn that you do watch. And I think it's, it's very fascinating because. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, I, it's really all about this hyper, hyper alpha kind of fuck you up type guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and just giving yourself over to him. Just take my whole, you own it, open both of them, do whatever you want kind of shit. It's just fantasy crap. So it's fantasy. Would you ever find yourself in that position? Oh, no pun, but would you ever find yourself in that <laughs> position again? I have been offered to be in that position a few times, with parties and stuff. And I always uh, said no. And here's why. Because I think it's going to be a lot better in my head fantasy-wise than in reality. I think if I was to go, actually go and do that, I would not enjoy it. Like, I think I would enjoy it. You wouldn't so be able to I, walk for a couple of days either. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and these parties were pretty sketchy. There were some drugs involved. Okay. And, I, and I didn't want to get into that whole scene. So, um, yeah. So I've never done that in reality. But boy, is it fun to fantasize about. Yeah, and, and curious, after you come... Is it, does it all just go away? What? Like those ideas, like the minute, the minute you're done, you're like, whew, okay. And you're not thinking about being submissive anymore. You're not, you're not fantasizing about being this, this guy that's being bullied. Uh, no, no, it's, it's done when I, when I, when I, uh, when I knock one off, it's, okay. it's pretty much done. Yeah. How active are you with yourself uh, to this day? How active am I with what? With, with yourself. How, how, how many times do you jerk off in a week? Oh, you know, it kind of varies, but almost every day. Okay. Um, 
at least once a, you know once a day and sometimes i'll go for like three or four days eh, not so much and then i'll go like every day and so fairly active but i'm certainly not what i would consider to be a, a porn addict um because it's not something i'm doing constantly mm-hmm. it's not affecting my life in any negative way it's just something i prefer this was very interesting because hey i was just thinking vhs and, and digital era and mm-hmm. you took it back to magazines yeah because they yeah, were I, very, I go way back yeah, then. way but they were, way <laughs> but they were yeah. very important they were very important in the setup for for what gay porn is today mm-hmm. it's been a whole evolution and it is interesting like you said it goes back to the 1800s which i didn't understand i didn't realize but that whole evolution of gay porn is fascinating if people would look at it and mm-hmm. find out more about it oh yeah and i can't even imagine you know a lot of times i struggle with making you know the, the porn industry what it is today is basically putting it all out there putting as much out there as you can and with right. that of course quality suffers and yeah. we, we're doing i don't know three or four updates a week uh, you're not going to get the best. It's just, it's almost like we're just giving you what you want. So we're, 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 we are. It's become cookie cutter. Yes. Cool. It's become cookie cutter, but it's also, we are allowing for quality to suffer because you want quantity. And that bothers me so much because, especially knowing that there were, slew of people that came before me that mm. either couldn't put their name on anything because you would get arrested because of obscenity right. laws or yeah. or they went or they did get arrested they went to jail or were killed yeah. god only knows god only knows but yeah. there was definitely we've come so far yeah yes, yeah we've come so far and and then what have we done we've we've made it as generic as we can in in yeah, order to <laughs> in order in order yeah. to please the masses <laughs> right Right. And if they just, you know, how many, how many productions do they have to keep pumping out? There's so much porn out there now. They should just reel it in. You read the time to make what you need to make this quality and give us something new. Yeah. Well, there are, there are a couple studios out there that can do that, that, that mm-hmm. absolutely do. But, uh, but again, it all comes down to money. And if, if right. you are, and once you say, and I tell a lot of these performers who do only fan videos, once you start putting out, three videos a week, you're going mm-hmm. to be putting out three videos a week for the rest of your time doing porn. Because that's right. Because now you've, you've spoiled your audience mm-hmm. and you're going to have to keep doing it and you're going to have to. Yeah. And you set a precedent. Once yeah. you do it, they're, they're going to expect that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. So t- Timmy, thank you so much. I absolutely appreciate you coming on uh, and, and doing this interview with me. It's been eye opening and I'm glad I learned something from you. I appreciate that. There's, there's so much knowledge in people. And when you when you hit me up, when you messaged me, I was like, I need to talk to this guy. I'm so glad you did. And I really, really am uh, thrilled to be able to do this. If, 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 if I can, with your podcast going out, I've learned so much about kinks that I never learned about. And if somebody can learn something from this and maybe feel like they're not alone, mm-hmm. that, that there's nothing wrong with watching porn and preferring that, and they're not just sick and twisted or weird. And that's great. I hope that can happen. I hope that that can help some people. Timmy, I have to thank you very, very much for coming on the show and telling us about your experience with porn, your healthy relationship with porn, where it started, 
and where it is now. Guys, you can find us on every podcast directory. We're on YouTube uh, for social media. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun places. Anywhere they'll allow me to put up my dog and pony show, uh, I will put it up. So again, uh, demystifying gay porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers. The skinky shit. I'd like to try with you. I got